Blog Talk Radio.
Yeah, I believe it was uh, Tupac Shakur, Tupac Amari Shakur. Yeah, June 16th, 1971. All right. Ironically enough, he was born in East Harlem. That's what um, Wikipedia is giving me. But he spent a lot of his time um, in New York, New Jersey, Maryland. Um, he really um, honed, like, his whole personal, like, perspective on life was formed when he moved to Oakland. I know he spent a lot of time out there, and that's, you know, how his identity on the West Coast was placed together. So he really was all over. Um, I know he had residents at, at one point in Atlanta, I believe. He really describe, was all over. Go ahead and go ahead and get into describing that that phenomena, that East Coast West Coast drama. All right. Um, me personally, the way that I believe the you know the whole phenomena. I believe that it really wasn't an East Coast, West Coast war. I believe that was perpetuated by the media. If you listen to um, interviews with Tupac Shakur, and you also listen to interviews with other artists that were on the East Coast at the time, they would say that because they need to go to either coast in order to um, further their business. Uh, what happened is that at certain times, he would go from Oakland to um, New York. And he would act as an ambassador in his own eyes. There's an interview with him, and um, his name is Sway, and he's from Oakland. And in one of his last interviews, he explains that his real beef was um, when he got shot at Quad Studios, a lot of the members of Bad Boy Entertainment were in the same studio as him. And they didn't give him any direction as to who it was that did that and they also didn't basically um, resolve the issue so they he felt like either they knew what was going down or who did it to him so his mission was when he got out of prison um, and he signed to Death Row Records was to destroy Bad Boy because um, he took Biggie under his wing and he he gave him tutelage he didn't got him on the same stages. He said he hooked them up with girls. He also confirmed that in the same interview as well. And while he was in jail, there were rumors that he got raped and they were throwing dirt on his name when he got out. And this is after he got shot. You know, he got shot before he went in. He felt like they were the enemy and he wanted to destroy them. The East Coast has a lot of pride, so they had unity and they were back in Biggie. So he was like, if whoever you are, if you go with Biggie and you're trying to support him, then F all of you. But even um, on his album that he released, he had a song with Method Man. Um, he was also um, going to be responsible for Death Row East. There's an interview with him and Shug uh, when they went to the um, MTV Awards where they were talking about that there's no East Coast, West Coast. It's more of he wants to get rid of his rivals. And he wanted to use the West Coast to support him because that's a very big market. So, yeah. inadvertently, 
if you say West up and then you're riding on your enemies, that that's offensive to the other side. That's just like if you know if if all you focus on is on one centered thing, you'll think you're beefing with the opposite. But I feel like that's a, now, a misconception. Now, do you know the derivative of the name Tupac? No. Are you? Can you uh, brush me up on that? Yeah, Tupac, from what I understood from learning back in the past of reading about him and so forth, the name Tupac derived from, I believe, a Native American tribe. I believe the tribe of the Incas where he was named after the chief of the Incas. And I believe the meaning Tupac, I think it means serpent. So his mother, Afini Shakur, which I believe passed not too long ago, named Mm -hmm. him after the Inca tribe. And I didn't know that. You know, Tupac was one of the very few rappers that used his actual name as a rapper even though on his albums he spelled it a different way, you know, with the numeral two and the P-A-C. So what was his first big hit as a song and first big album? All right. Um, His first album, he had success all throughout his career. The first album that I noticed, the first breakout hit that you would want to say is Brenda's Got a Baby, and that was on the Tupacalypse Now album. I believe that came out in 91 or 92. And he just came right out the gate with social uh, commentary. That, But that was the first big one. That's the first big one I noticed. And when I did a little bit of research, um, that album went gold. It almost went platinum. I don't think it's gone platinum yet. Okay, so a first hit song was Brenda's Got a Baby. Was his his first uh, hit album? Was his first album ever came out with? What was it? Tupacalypse? Was it Tupacalypse Now? Was it yeah, it was Tupacalypse that? Now. Um, the first one. After that was Strictly for My Niggas. After that, um, I think it was Me Against the World, and then it was All Eyes on Me. All he Eyes had, on Me. So that is the film that is coming out. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the film that's coming out. It's supposed to be this summer, All Eyes on Me. I forget the name of the um, actor that's going to be playing the role of Tupac Shakur. You can look that up while I play this next song. We'll be right okay. back. Yeah. 
changing the drug and all these kind of names. That's not our problem. That's up to Rick family. Well, let me show you how it affects the whole community. Now, Rick don't really never do a mom. Then his dad was the junkie with the black on. Oh, it's bad because I bet Rick doesn't even know. The pressure in the ghetto doesn't really care. Racism. There's no such thing as racism. Now he's not going to go over it because he's working for most of them. See, the thing about it is, when you get into a certain position of authority, you get to meet these people. You're listening to Jay Talk to the People Radio.
point in your early life were you introduced to this quote unquote thug mentality? When I was out there by myself, with nowhere to stay and no money. Which city? Bits of it was in Baltimore. Pieces of it was in uh, Marin City. And then the rest came in Oakland. And what was your first introduction? Drug dealers, um, pimps, prostitutes. That's really it. Criminals. They just they the only people that cared about me at that point. When I had nowhere to go. But you said your mother always cared about you. She did, but she was lost at that particular moment. She wasn't caring about herself at that moment. And what was that like to have a mother who was addicted to crack? I love my mom. She's a father to me, so. I know she's now, but what about then? It was hard. It was hard because, you know, she was my hero. And what did you do when you stopped going to school? I only had two jobs ever in my life. One was in round table pizza. I used to make the pizza, but it was good. It was the perfect job, Tyler, because I was hungry, and I got to, like, eat all the top of people's pizza. That's why, <laughs> hey, because everything is like, hey, you do a bad Making pizzas on the side. <laughs> Bringing pizzas home. I'm calling in my own delivery. Hello? I'm Ted. We all finished the pizza. That's what you're supposed to do. I've been in jail for 11 months, Tyler. You got to make the Look what's about this. Do you think it's important to tell your fans that it's not cool to end up in jail? I don't have any problem telling people it's not cool to go to jail because I've been there and it's not cool. When I was pregnant in jail, I thought I was going to have a baby and the baby would never be with me, but I was acquitted a month and three days before Chupac was born. I was real happy because I had a son. All right, that's a little bit of the interview with Mr. Shakur and Tabitha. Tabitha Saran, that was back in October 26, 1995, I believe. 1995. So, Miss Rain, when you hear the song, wasn't uh, Tupac's first song, They Got Me Trapped? Yeah. They got, it was, yeah. You Got Me Trapped, then it was Brenda's Baby, but the, um, Brenda's Baby did really, uh, really well, and then he had, um, he had another song uh, after that, because it had three lead singles. But the so when you hear Brenda's Got a Baby, when you hear Brenda's Got a Baby, what do you get out of that? What do you, what do you think he's trying to get across? He's trying, when you watch TV... Um, primarily the news, and you hear that a woman has, uh, they found a baby that was left on a step or they found a baby that was left in a dumpster. Like, you think to yourself, this is horrible. Like, who could do this? So what he did was he humanized the character of someone who would do that. What would make someone do that? And he told a thorough story to something that even it had a beat and a rhythm to it, so it was a good song all to itself, but he also told a story so that you could have, like, emotional connection and understand that type of phenomena. So I think he did a really good job at it. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. What do you think about this new movie coming out, All Eyes on Me? Um. Aesthetically, when I look at it, I the the number one thing I hope is that they just don't fudge on the story. 
but I don't think they will do that. Um, when I look at the characters, they found characters that do look a lot similar to the characters that were out. When you talk about the other things that are going on, there's a lot of drama as to whether his mother wanted to be a part of it and what's going on with the state. But I just want to watch the movie and just kind of take in like an overall view because I believe he really deserves it. It's almost been, um, it's over 20 years. It's almost been um, 25 years since he's passed already, if not, you know, more. So I want to, you know, support the movie. Um, And I'm excited to see it, you know. The budget is not as large as what it could be, so I'm hoping that that doesn't take away from the movie overall. And did you find out the main lead character's name? Yeah, his name is uh, Demetrius Shipp. Um, I also found out a little bit more about uh, uh, Tupac's name as well. Okay, what's that? Um, as you said, it was the Inca leader um, who led rebellion, uh, rebellion against the Spanish conquistadors um, and got them up out of Mexico. Um, he also was born Lashane Parish Crooks, but he never went by that name. Um, it was changed to Tupac at some point. Ah, golden, golden information. All right, all right. And also... I think Jamal Woolard, the individual that played Biggie Smalls' notorious B.I.G. film, is going to be in this one as well. So, Cross-pollination, yes. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing this film. So I see that, you know, Tupac worked with various different artists. Um, you know, Tupac went death row. And he went to, made music with a group called the Outlaws. And then eventually he, I believe he he either started labeling his albums, Machiavelli, he went by that name, or AKA Machiavelli. And he went to, what else did he get into? Okay. um, I'm just going off the, I'm just going off the cuff here. Yeah. um, Overall, when he first came out, he was with uh, Digital Underground, and that was in the, I want to say the late 80s. Uh, by the time Tupacalypse Now and um, Strictly For My Niggas came out, he was he was he he had a crew on the East Coast. Um, their names was Thug Life. And um, that was around about the time he was hanging out with Tretch and um, I believe Greg Nice and all of them on the East Coast. When he came back out west, that's when he had Outlaws. Um, And that's around about the time All Lies on Me and all of the releases with um, the latter releases he had with Interscope that were on Death Row. Yeah, so Tupac worked with, like I said, various different artists. He worked with Method Man, Red Man. They were on the... All Eyes on Me album, of course, Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. Dr. Dre, Corrupt, Sight, The Outlaws, rapper by the name Storm, and also worked with, surprisingly, I didn't know till recently, Madonna, and mm-hmm. they actually did do a song together, which I'm going to play in a minute, I'd Rather Be Your Lover, 
And there's pretty much inklings in that song that kind of indicate the undertone relationship between the two. Mm-hmm. And they they have been seeing each other for a t- quite a while, for some time. I believe back in 95, 96. You know, there were claims about she was looking to have a family with him, you know, have some children. Mm-hmm. And I believe they stopped seeing each other because I believe it was because of the the crowd he was in were kind of bigoted toward the relationship. There was also legal matters with him going back and forth to court. They had to cut his lyrics from her album, and they, I believe they replaced it with another rapper. But mm. Tupac knew Rosie Perez. I believe she's an actress. Yeah, she's an actress. And she has escorted him to a gala where several other celebrities were, and they sat down at a table with, I believe, the music group Sting. I think they're a rock and roll, rock-type group. And Madonna was there. And, you know, they pretty much, you know, headed off from there. But that was quite surprising. It was kind of like a... You know, the just the prevalence, you know, um, you know, crossing these lines of music and other different, you know, spectrums out there. It was quite interesting. But here's that song with him and Madonna, and then we'll be back after another station break. Thank you. 
Wait, are you saying you if you come to me with them big ass words? You told me you said <laughs> I'm like what? You said like if you live together, is it gonna make a, a better <laughs> a better uh basically like, situation? basically okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like what? I'm like hold on, we get my dictionary. No, <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, listen. In my personal opinion, I despise effeminate men. That is not my cup of tea. But what I can tell you from my personal experience, even when it comes to just guys in general that are not trying to do anything with themselves, women have mm-hmm. a feeling inside of themselves. I think it's like misplaced motherly um, attention where they feel like they can fix things. So when they have a guy and they feel like he's their own, they'll ignore everything except for whatever he can tell her, especially if the guy has a mouthpiece. Just tell me how you've been feeling with all the stuff that's been going on the last couple of weeks. Good. Relieved. Um, happy to be home. It's a trip when you, when you know that last week you were in jail and I was in this little cell and it was real dirty and I didn't have any hot water. Dudes were telling me when to shower, when to eat, and all of that. And then the next, the next week I'm up in Monty's with uh, champagne and filet mignon and lobster and shrimps. Did you ever feel like your life was threatened in jail? By the guards, not by the inmates. And they just did everything they could do to try to break me. Because I used to talk a lot of, you know, coming hot down. No, not you. I don't know. It's hard to believe you You just got to picture it. But, um, you know, they would say things, because they would call you. Jail was the first place where I can go, and they just went, well, as soon as I got there, they went, there he goes. He goes, who? And he goes, there's the rich nigga. I was like, oh, he said nigga. He said nigga. And everybody was looking at me like, so? I was like, oh, my God, this is what we'll be saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got niggas in one of your records. Nick Gus. Nick Gus. Nick Gus was the one on the rope hanging out sick. Nick Gus is the one with go ropes hanging out at club. Well, maybe not everyone's aware of the differentiation. They don't have to be everyone. If you're not a nigga and you don't use you that word, don't don't that word. it's just not one of those things. How did you meet the girl involved in the alleged rape? I met her in a club. Some guys introduced me to her. Sorry. I met in the club. Some guys introduced me to her. And she was very forward with you? Straight with me. And what happened? She did some things. Sexual we things? together, yeah. She did some things there at the club. We got together later that night. I saw her again another time with these guys that introduced me to her. Um... Everybody's having a good time. Not didn't do anything sexual. They're just having a good time. I went mm-hmm. me and her went there. She gave a massage, came out, went to sleep, woke up. She's screaming, rape, rape, I raped her. And the next thing I know, I'm going to jail. So in your opinion, there was no truth to the sexual abuse charges? Not on my part at all. If you could go back to the night when the sexual abuse occurred, is there anything that you would do differently? Yeah. What? I would not have um, closed my eyes until she was out of the room. So everybody was out of the room. I've grown up with tons of wild stories from lots of legendary rock bands and things that they did with their groupies. Do you feel like there's a double standard for black artists and white artists and how they entertain their groupies? Yes, it is a double standard. Because America's scared of a black man's sexuality. And they only see us as groups who can only go, uh, uh, hammer girl. 
I just can't imagine us being any other way. And that's why I was so easy for people to believe that I could do this. It seemed like there was a time, though, that you were definitely reveling in the image of sort of being wild and crazy. And what got you off that path? Five hot bullets. Well, tell me what happened at the recording studio in Times Square. I got shot five times. I walked in. Some dudes walked in and shot me up. Um, took some jury. Do you know who shot you? No. Is that a no or is that a maybe? No, I don't know. No. So does that mean that you also have no idea why they shot you? I have no idea why they shot me. Do you think that they shot you just to get your jewelry? I don't know. It's like anybody's guess. I don't know. I don't really like to talk about it. At any point did you think that you were going to die after being shot five times? No. No, I didn't. Immediately, I was like, I know how it's going to be when I die. It's going to be no, no noise. You know, people screaming. I'm afraid out. You were on trial for sex abuse charges at the time of the shooting. I was on trial for rape and sodomy and guns possessions and forcible kidnapping, 50 bottles, 18 charges. That's why I wanted to die at that point. So I was like, no, I'm tired. But I lived, and I was like, well, you know, I can't check out. So you felt suicidal? Oh, definitely. It wasn't like I was one day waking up wanting to commit suicide. Just all around felt suicidal. But I couldn't kill myself. I just wanted somebody to kill me for me. You know what I mean? Um, Yet you were still happy you survived the five gunshot wounds. Only reason I was happy is because I didn't want them to take me out. You know, I want honor, man. Suckers that want to rob you, taking you out. You know what I mean? That's cowardly. Do you feel rehabilitated? That's what they try to do in jail. No, jail's not a rehabilitation thing. I feel like I've grown and matured. I don't think they had anything to do with it, though. Tell me what you've been recording in the studio since you got out of jail. Okay. The Euthanasia is the name of the album. It's a double album released for Christmas. It's going to have Snoop on it. Me and them did a song called Two of America's Most Wanted. Did that one. the Pope. Yes. Oh, wow. I can just keep listening and keep listening. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Jay talks to the people. Miss Rain, are you still with me? You still there? I'm I'm with you. You know, I hooked my phone up to the charger so that, you know, I wouldn't get cut off, you know, because it's the last minutes of the show. That happened to me one time. I was a little bit heated, but I'm here. Yeah, you got to watch out for that. What do you think about the, What do you think about everything you just heard so far the last five, eight minutes? Yeah, I just feel like um, he really hooked up. He was a good guy at heart, but he had those wrong – elements around him and he was trying to uplift those elements while being around them and that's what got him into it um there is a phone conversation which i mean i don't really think it's right people are selling his personal items like his car personal letters and people were recording his conversations he had a conversation with a uh, criminal or ex-gang member named monster cody and in the interview he said do you know who shot you like the 92 shootings i believe um, the first time he got shot, and he said it was this um, group of gangsters called the A-Team. So he knew that it wasn't, you know, them. I say that to say that the A-Team was tied up with that girl. That was like a whole setup situation. Um, so that was part of that of that scenario. Um, and there's um, a popular web series called Money and Violence, 
And in that, the guy who, the actor that plays Miz, he plays Haitian Jack. He's a light-skinned um, Haitian guy that they're going to have in the movie, All Eyes on Me. Okay. So that's the way that all ties in together. So when you hear that, um, when you hear that song where he's talking about, let me tell you the story about Haitian Jack, and he's talking about this light-skinned gangster, he's affiliated with that A-team, uh, the A-team he was talking about. All right, well, this has been a terrific show. I mean, it just flew by. I thank you for being on the show. Thank you, people, for taking the time and deciding to listen. Hope you look forward to part two of this person, this icon that we will be featuring, Mr. Tupac Amari Shakur, or a.k.a. Machiavelli. Miss Rain, do you have any requests of a song that you'd like to close the show out with? Okay. Um, my Ambitions as a Writer. That's like one of my favorite records off the All Eyes on Me. First time I um, I heard the album, I just listened to it. I just feel like it's current all the time. I know it's not the deepest record, but it just goes hard. <laughs> Ambitions as a Writer. Yeah, I had that. That was the first song on the uh all Eyes on Me album. Mm-hmm. I feel All like it just doesn't age. What's that? I said I feel like it doesn't age. Like, his music just does not age. And that particular record is, like, one of my favorites. That, I like, um, what's the one where he's talking about he has a nickel for time? Um, that one's. That one is hard, and that one was produced by Dr. Dre. Um, what's it All called? Right. But, yeah, that's a that's a good song. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks once again. All right, folks, here it is. <laughs> by request, Ambitions of a Rider. Ambitions of a Rider.
God. 